Hey, what's up, guys? You're listening to episode two of Arrowhead Live. I'm Grant. And I'm Ori. And today we're just going to be diving into a lot of news uh, surrounding free agency, the draft, and the combine, and answering a few questions from fans. So uh, let's jump right into the mailbag. Uh, We have a question from Chris. How will the Chiefs address the safety position? And uh, what about Armani Watts? What do you think about that, Ari? Ari? Uh, I'm going to... So for the safety position, there's obviously a ton of them out there right now. That's just a crazy amount of free agents. If I was going to go the free agent route, uh, the top two for me would be uh, Weddle, and then, well, Weddle would be my number two, and my number one would be Landon Collins. I think with Weddle that you could, <clears throat> you get it for cheaper, uh, just because he's a lot older than mm-hmm. Collins is. And I think that with Weddle you could sign some other free agents, but I think Collins is a stud, and I think that we can have him for, for like, I think he'll be around longer. I think we'll ha- we can sign him to, eventually sign him to a big bigger deal. And I think that he's the better of the two. I think that um, I think they'll both they both fit well. But if we're gonna if we're gonna do free agency, I think Landon would be my number one option. Then goes Weddle, and then I don't think just because you sign one of those that Watts has to go. Like I don't think that he doesn't get any playing time anymore. And I think that coming off of it, I think that coming off his injury, I think he can definitely you know help us out as well. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, I think I think Collins is probably the best option uh, for us. You know, he's 25. Uh, in 2016, uh, he was in the running for Defensive Player of the Year with uh, under Steve Spagnuolo and Dave Merritt. Uh, so the connection's obviously there. And then, yeah, my second would be Weddle as well. Um, and then third probably being Amos. Um, but I, I don't really – I think they're going to go after one of those two guys at the top. Um, and honestly, I don't really think the free agent market uh, is going to get paid as much as y'all think they're going to get paid. There's so many options out there that I, I really think the market is kind of flooded. Um, and I don't I still don't think teams are going to value uh, free agents that much. You know, if anything, Collins is probably going to be Collins or Earl Thomas are probably going to be the two top paid free agents uh this season uh or as far as safeties go and I I really don't think they're gonna surpass 10 million by that much if they surpass 10 million at all so uh, that's that's a good thing for the Chiefs um going to the second question from Country Boy uh what do you guys think about the dream draft comp draft compensation for D Ford if he's traded um Honestly, I would like a first-round pick, but I could see him being an option for the Indianapolis Colts. They have two second-round picks, um, and I've actually outlined that in an article that I wrote that I'll be going over uh, later in the podcast. What do, what do you think, Ari? What would you like for D. Ford? Ooh, uh, I don't see us getting a first-round pick for him. Uh, that would obviously be... That would be my top option for it, for as far as picks go. Um, I I think that if we, if we trade him, I think that a second-round pick is probably fair for him. Uh, like you said, the Colts were an option. I've, I've heard that there's been reports to, going around that the Chiefs are going 
they're they're willing to take a second round pick for Ford. So I think that they'll probably most likely go that route. I don't think that we'll get a first round pick for him, but I don't know. Maybe if a team thing a team really needs a pass rusher, they they might be willing to give us a first round. But I I'd probably see a second round pick for him. Yeah, and I mean you know Ballard is in is the GM for Indianapolis now, so there's obviously that connection. I'm I'm sure he. He was around when uh, Ford was drafted, so, uh, and I think the Colts have pick thirty-four, so um, I would prefer that we get that pick, but then they have a later second-round pick as well, if we end up only getting one pick out of this deal. Uh, but I think the Colts are a pretty good option. Uh, moving on to the question from Sammy, do you guys foresee? Uh, dark horse free agent signing. What do you think? A dark horse free agent signing. Um, uh, let's, well, if I was going to say a dark horse, maybe I'm going to go with like a cornerback. I could see maybe Darby being a good uh, dark horse for a free agent signing. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Who else? Let me think of who else. maybe for let's think of an offensive player. So for defense, I'm going to go with Darby for cornerback. I think he'd be a good fit for offense. Let me think. Um, you know what? I don't know. Who do you have? Who do you think would would be a good off, off offensive dark horse? I'm not. Can't think of anything right now. Honestly, I know it well, sounds. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry not to cut you off. I did. People have been talking a lot about. Antonio, I've seen Antonio Brown's name thrown around a couple of times. I don't think that the Chiefs will sign him, but I guess trade, that if you, you want to go trade with Dark him. Horse, then uh, Antonio Brown. I, people have been talking about I, I don't know what if these reports are true or anything, but people are saying, going around uh, the whole, the Chiefs are really looking for to make a splash in free agency with uh, surprisingly going after offensive players instead of defense, defensive players and I think Antonio Brown would be a big name, you know, be kind of a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, obviously that'd be a trade, um, not, I mean, one in the same offseason move. But um, honestly, as much as I hate running backs, I really think I really think they could go after Le'Veon Bell. Um, I know it's just noise right now, um, but whenever I watch that video, Le'Veon Bell looked genuinely excited when he was talking about joining the Chiefs, potentially. Um, I, I don't want to overpay for him. You know, he's 27 years old. But honestly, I, I really think there's something there. So if there is a, a true dark horse uh, offseason signing, I think it could be Bell. You know, yeah. for better or worse. Um, the only reason that I didn't say Bell is just because I feel like I mean, yeah, that would be a crazy sign, so it could be considered dark horse. I just, a lot of people have been talking about him recently. Like, it's been such a big thing. Like, if you, especially if you're on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, uh, it's pretty crazy. It's a pretty crazy time right now to be a Chiefs fan. They, the whole video came out with Chris Jones and then the hanging out with Bell, and then, you know, everybody's seeing, you know, this, this person followed this person on Twitter, and, you know, they followed, you know, there's there's a lot that, a lot of speculation that could be that could be nothing or it could be something you know it could be something crazy that happens but you just yeah. don't really know until it actually happens but definitely be going in all in on offense if you're going with Bill yeah I agree and uh, moving on to the question from Connor 
uh, where he asks, "Would you rather have Collins or Weddle as a free agent or free safe or as a safety signing?" Uh, we kind of went over that. I think me and Ori are on the same boat um, on Collins. You know, he's 25 years old. It's a guy that you can sign long term, uh, and like I said, I don't think the safeties are going to get paid a lot. Um, I've always been a fan of Weddle, even whenever he was in San Diego. Uh, he's a great player, but he is 34 years old, and it's probably going to take a one or two year deal, um, and it's probably going to be up there in the money as well. I, I don't, I mean, this is probably going to be his last contract, so I'd be surprised if he took it uh, any cheap offers. You right there with me on that one, Ori? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. We kind of already went over it, but yeah, I, I would. I, I like Collins better. I would be happier with Collins, but yeah. I could. I would also be happy with Weddle. But yeah. at the same time, I think that Collins would be the better option long term. Yeah, and I think it really just boils down to the fit too. Like I said, Collins, man, he was a Defensive Player of the Year candidate under Spagnuolo, and these people that are saying Collins isn't a great player or he's a glorified linebacker, I, I just don't see it. You know, he can he can cover tight ends, he can cover running backs. And he he brings the wood when he tackles, so yeah, he'll come up and hit. Yeah, so uh, I think we're both. I think a lot of Chiefs kingdoms on the uh, Collins train right now. And then the question from zero zero Meech: uh, the Chiefs signed Harold Jones Corte today. Um, what do you think about that? And if he has any impact on Sorensen? Um. So as far as 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 far as the signing, I I, I don't really know if he'll be any, any you know, I don't know if he'll be a starter. I don't think he'll be a starter. I feel like he could probably be a practice squad guy just for you know, just for depth. I'm not Yeah. I, I don't know if it'll really affect Sorensen much. I don't, I think Sorensen I, I don't know, I guess he, he could if he goes in there and play out outplay Sorensen, I guess he could I could get cut, but I don't really see that happening. I don't uh I think Sorensen could get cut, but I'm not sure it'll be because of this guy coming in. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I actually went in and looked at uh, Corte, Jones Corte's uh, PFF numbers, and he actually played primarily at free safety uh, in, for the Bears in 2016 when he started 12 games, uh, which was actually pretty surprising. I didn't, I didn't know he started that many games for the Bears. I knew who he was, but um, coming out of a small college uh Finley University of Finley uh, as an undrafted free agent but uh, he did start 12 games uh, and then I believe he tore his jumped on the practice squad uh, with a couple teams uh, and then tore his ACL in 2018 uh, after that 2016 season and so with that being said I don't think he's going to have any impact on Sorensen Sorensen's a strong safety box player he actually is a glorified small linebacker <laughs> actually but um yeah, I don't think he has, he'll have any impact. But with that being said, I actually think Sorensen's gone, period. Um, especially if they add a guy like Landon Collins. So, um, And then to the next question from Casey Kicks. Will Barry be back healthy or is he on his way out? Uh, let's see here. Barry be back healthy. Uh, well, as far as the doctor, the doctor says, everything checks out right now. And he's on his way to be healthy. We've heard, I know we've heard that before that he's healthy, and then it kind of doesn't seem like it. Um, 
I don't think he'll be on his way out. I don't, he's not on his way out this year. I, I think that, I don't know. I think that if you could pair up Barry and you could, and get a guy like Landon Collins, I think you're you're pretty set at the safety position. But I, 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 I don't think anybody really knows for sure. I think we can just only take what the doctors are giving us and mm-hmm. say that he's doing he's on the right path and we'll you know kind of see what happens i don't think that he's on his way out this year but i don't know yeah. how, how for sure how healthy he'll be or if he'll be like his old self yeah What's your opinion on it? so um obviously i think it's pretty known that barry if he is cut he'll have to be a june 1st designation uh which basically means that his bonuses are paid out and uh that the chiefs will receive higher more cap space when they release him uh, which would actually be nine million, as opposed to if they cut him today without a June, uh, June for post June first designation, uh, they would only save like one point five million or something. It's just completely not worth it. But um, like I said, with Sorensen and the other guys, if they can get a guy like Collins, um, and depending on how the draft goes, I think Barry could be gone. Uh, Things don't go exactly according to plan. I think Barry will be back. Um, and then I, ex- I explain that a little bit more in depth in the article that I'll go over with you guys as well. But uh, Barry is obviously a June 1st candidate, so the draft and free agency will be over by then. So once they get there, um, they'll be able to make that decision you know, with a clear head, uh, regardless of whether Barry is healthy or not. Uh, I'm just not really sure they want to play that game again this year. As much as I love Barry, he's one of my favorite players of all time. I'm not bashing him. I just think that if they can get younger at the position and cheaper down the line at the position, even though they only saved $9 million this year, they'll be saving a ton of money next year. So uh, moving on to the question from Jared. And our final question of the mailbag for this week. Uh, who are your underrated draft prospects? Do you have anybody on there, Ori? Yeah, I have Amani Hooker on there. I know I've talked about him in the last podcast. So I kind of would look just looking at his numbers. Uh, he ran a four four eight forty, which is decent. Mm-hmm. It's around where you want to be if you're a cornerback or safety slash you know defensive defensive back in general. Right. He had a thirty seven inch vertical, which is real is pretty good. He uh, his cone drills. Were, were decent. All of all of the drills he did were top five at, at position. And for his cone drill, he was uh, actually second among all safeties, which is really decent considering he's not like a, a top guy. I think that he could. I think he could get drafted on the second day. I think that he'll de- develop even more as it goes on. I think he's a could be a steal for a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, one of my favorite prospects, uh, very underrated, didn't even get an invite to the combine is Josiah Tauefa. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but uh, he is a linebacker from the University of Texas, San Antonio. Um, And he was actually brought to my attention by a friend of mine who plays cornerback for UTSA. Um, And the dude, I mean, he's got really good size. He is an absolutely fantastic run stopper. Um, I think, and he, he does mix in some nice pass rushing skills as well. Um, but it really just depends on what his numbers are uh, at the combine, or I'm sorry, at his pro day for UTSA. Um, that'll determine where he gets drafted. Uh, I believe he's like 6'2", 245, 250 pounds, something like that. And it's actually funny because I 
hadn't even heard his name up until a month or two ago when my buddy mentioned mentioned him to me. Um, and then at the combine, I was watching, and Bucky Brooks actually has him as a top five linebacker in the draft. Uh, and like I said, Bucky Brooks just raved about his run stopping ability, and it really is, man. That that guy is he's instinctive. He can he can seek out the runs, and he's a really nice player. At worst, he'll be a great special teams guy and uh, and uh, role player in Kansas City if he were to get there. So that's it for the mailbag. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, Go I got. I had I had one more. My, okay. Actually, last week after I did that, we did our first podcast. My dad actually wanted to ask ask both of us a que- uh, a question for the next okay. one. So yeah. his question was, who is our top uh, Chiefs player of all time? first oh man well obviously I, I gotta go with somebody that I've actually seen play um I can't I mean you know I was I was born in 1996 so I can't really go with you know guys that I, I never was able to watch live you know I doesn't really count if you choose Derek Thomas and you know the all-time Chiefs greats that you're not able to see but um probably my all-time favorite I'd probably have to go with Priest Holmes. Um, that was at the very beginning of my Chiefs fandom. Um, you know, I was five, six, seven years old, something like that. And just when I was starting to understand football and understand what the game was and how it worked, you know, I was just able to watch Priest Holmes just absolutely dominate um, just week in and week out for the Chiefs from 2001 to 2003. I've actually got a, a signed picture from Priest Holmes actually framed here on my desk uh, by my podcast setup. So, I mean, that pretty much goes to show who my favorite player is. But what about you, Ori? Um, I'm going to have to go with DJ. Uh, Derek Johnson was one of my favorites for a, a long time. For sure. uh, I don't know. I just I think that he was just kind of like a cornerstone of our defense there for a mm. long time. You, you can always count on him being there, come up. Just love watching him come up and hit hit somebody, and I don't know. I think that like uh, like you said that someone that we actually got to watch, and yeah, I was de- definitely he was start he was a stud when I was like super starting to get super into the Chiefs and yeah and all of that. So I think that he that he'd be number one. I got his jersey. I was I have his jersey. I'm a little disappointed that he went to the Raiders for a little bit, but you know can't really blame him. We caught him. It's how, you know, it's how it goes. It's how football goes. And that's funny because, I mean, Priest Holmes and Derek Johnson are obviously both from the University of Texas. So yeah. te- the Chiefs really have a strong University of Texas influence over the past two decades. You got Priest Holmes, Derek Johnson, Jamal, Jamal Charles. So, yep. um, yeah, and I mean, like I was saying on Priest Holmes, man, he had a 6,500 total yards and – 61 touchdowns from 2001 to 2003 in the regular season that is absolutely outrageous and then dj obviously dj did everything for us so yeah so moving on uh the latest buzz on eric berry justin houston and d ford uh we kind of covered eric berry a little bit you know uh, i think it's just a wait and see game with him uh justin houston you know we had that false report uh from some SB Nation guy, <laughs> no names, but uh, <laughs> um, that he was released, he was not released. 
Chiefs are still trying to seek out a trade. Um, and then on D Ford, obviously we discussed him as well. You know, still seeking out a trade. And man, if we if we can find somebody to take his place, I don't. You can't just trade him and not have anybody to take over for him. You know, Breland speaks and Tano Passano. You can't you can't roll with them. You know, as starters for for 2019. But you know, if you can find a trade candidate first, I think D Ford won't get trade until after free agency heats up because if the Chiefs can find a guy to take his place then they'll they'll decide whether or not they can trade him after that. Is that is that about how you feel, Ori? Yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly how I feel about it as well. I don't I think for the sorry, I, I don't I don't No know no go that. ahead. No, you go ahead. I don't know what No, you're go talking. ahead what go ahead what you're saying. About D Ford. I think yeah. that I think that he, like I, I think I already talked about that he was, he's probably where I say he's probably worth around the second round. Would you, would you take a, for a trade, would you take a, um, a third and a fourth? For Houston? No, for D Ford. A third round pick and a fourth round pick? Yeah. No, absolutely not. I saw someone on, uh, the reason I asked you that is I saw someone on, Someone on Twitter saying that that's around what he's worth, and I do not agree with that. No, not even close. I mean, if you guys remember back in, I think it was 2007, 2008, one of the two, uh, the Chiefs traded Jared Allen to the Minnesota. He was a year younger than Ford, I believe, maybe two. Um, And they had similar numbers, similar production in their final season. Ford blew him out of the water in... Uh, quarterback pressures and forced fumbles, uh, and then Jared Allen, I believe, had two or two two more sacks than Ford did, and we got a first and two third round picks from Minnesota, uh, and that actually got us Brandon Albert, um, Jamal Charles, and like Brad Cottom or somebody. I don't I don't even remember, but yeah, I think I mean D Ford is worth more than I mean. Obviously, he's not Khalil Mack. That's obvious. Not even close. But they're similar age whenever, at this point in their careers, and he was traded for the world from the Bears. And uh, so I think, I mean, I think D. Ford is worth a late first, early second, maybe two second round picks. But I I wouldn't take it. Go ahead. I think that you, I think another reason that, you know, I, I think it's hard. It's hard to just trade away the guys that, are, you know, were yeah had so many sacks last year. But I think for in D Ford's case that we're since we're switching to the the switching to the four three that he just doesn't quite fit that mold that we're gonna we'd be looking for. So I don't think it'll be as terrible to trade him away just to get someone in a, you know the better position. Yeah, they're they're not trading D Ford just to trade D Ford. Like they're they're looking for the right offer they don't have to move him even though i think they should uh so let's let's go ahead and move on to uh other potential cap casualties um for this one i'm gonna go with eric murray daniel Sorensen, and possibly xavier williams you with me on that one yeah, I think we talked about last time about I said something about the Xavier Williams too as well, 
And I, yeah, I'm with you with the other ones too. I said we know I, we talked about Sorensen was probably gone. Williams is probably a good one to go, and then yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and you you save about I think you save two million on Murray, uh, like two point four million on Sorensen unless he's a June first designation. Then you save like an additional eight hundred thousand, bringing it up to like three point two million or three point one million, something like that in cap savings. Um, and then on Williams, I could see him as a candidate to get cut, but I actually thought he was pretty good last year. He was a, he was a nice run stopper. Um, and obviously I don't know what Sutton was doing with that defense all year long, but, um, so who knows if these guys are good or bad in reality. Right. But, uh, I mean, I, I like Xavier Williams. He's cheap, cheap for, a good defensive tackle, and I think he fits Spagnolo's scheme nicely. So uh, I'm going to move on to uh, just a quick discussion over this article that I wrote for uh, NFL Fan Blitz. If you haven't already, go ahead and check them out on uh, Twitter at NFL Fan Blitz. Uh, and then they have a website, NFLFanBlitz.com. Obviously, uh, they got great articles. Uh, it's just a conglomeration of fans hired by this company, and they're allowed to go on there and basically write articles that they like, professional articles on the teams that they love. It's pretty cool. But um, anyway, uh, just real quick, I'm going to run run down for y'all. Uh, it's called If I Were Brett Veach for 2019. Uh, this is exactly what I would do or try to do for this offseason uh, if I had the opportunity to be the Chiefs GM for this year. So step one, I would trade Justin Houston. Uh, you save $14 million by doing that. Um, and then if you, as it stands now, if you trade Justin Houston, uh, it'll bring you to 17 0.97 million dollars in total cap space for this season uh, and that obviously includes uh, D Ford's tag is included in that right now so it's it's down a little bit um, but I would trade Houston to the Jets for a fourth round pick number pick number 105 um, and then the second thing I would do is on March 13th I would sign Landon Collins and Trey Flowers Collins, obviously the connection with Merritt and uh, Spagnolo, And then Flowers, obviously the connection with new defensive line coach, Brendan Daly. Uh, if you remember, Chandler Jones was traded from New England to Arizona, I think two years ago, two or three years ago, something like that. And he's had like... 30, 35 sacks, something ridiculous, crazy numbers. They skyrocketed after he left New England. I think he went from 12 a year, and then he's had a, three seasons with double-digit sack numbers in Arizona since then. Um, so I'd sign Landon Collins and Trey Flowers just to give an estimate on those uh, contracts. SpotTrack offers a market value system on some players, and for Collins, it's five years, $96.8 million with an average salary of $9.3 million. $28.5 million guaranteed in Flowers, five years, $78.9 million, which comes out to be an average salary 
of $15.8 million with $51 million guaranteed. Next, after signing Trey Flowers and Collins, uh, that opens it up for you to trade D. Ford. By trading D. Ford, you save $15.44 million, and obviously you add some draft capital. Uh, and this, this could be a reach, um, but I, I think it's definitely doable. Um, so in, in doing that, um, the Chiefs would trade D. Ford and a fourth-round pick to Indianapolis, a 2020 fourth-round pick to Indianapolis for their 2019 first-round pick, which is number 26. Um, and that would bring, after the Landon Collins and Trey Flowers signing, uh, which would bring them to negative $7.18 million, uh, in cap space. By, re- by moving D. Ford, you increase that ba- number back up to $8.27 million. Um, And then after releasing D. Ford, the dreaded decision on Eric Berry, uh, you have Landon Collins in the fold now. And uh, so you, you designate Eric Berry as a June 1st release. Uh, unfortunately, and that brings the number up to $17.81 million, uh, in the green on cap space. And then you go ahead and release Eric Murray and Dar- Daniel Sorensen. Uh, designate Daniel Sorensen as a June 1st designation, uh, and that would save a combined $5.7 million and bring the cap to $23.53 million. And then you sign your in-house free agents, um, few of those guys, Jordan Lucas, Harrison Bucker, Jordan Devy, Mitch Morse, Jeff Allen, Anthony Sherman, and Steven Nelson. Uh, there's only a couple of them that I think, or a few that I think are actually uh, realistic to bring back. Uh, that's Jordan Lucas, who's a restricted free agent, Harrison Bucker, who's an exclusive rights free agent, Jeff Allen, who we signed in the middle of the season uh, after he got hurt with the Texans, and then he hadn't signed with anyone for 2018. Uh, so you sign those three guys. Anthony Sherman's also a candidate to bring back, but I, I don't really think... He didn't play enough to justify giving him $2 million, uh, especially in the situation that we're in right now. I think we got to... Um, we really got to cut down on signing the luxury guys. So Lucas, two years, $4.3 million. Butker, two years, $3.8 million. And then Jeff Allen... Uh, 980k for one year um, and that's also assuming that Lucas and Butker don't sign if they get tendered if they receive a tender um, and they don't sign that tender um, then obviously these are predictions for an extension so that's just what I do step seven um, I'd sign Bradley Roby from Denver um, I'm not a huge fan of Roby but I think he could be a third a nice um, third cornerback uh, for Kansas City. He's, a, he's good. He's not great. Um, but I'd go ahead and sign him for three years. Uh, $26.25 million with an average salary of $8.75 million, which isn't which isn't bad for, you know, uh, a good cornerback. And I believe he's actually a better option than bringing back Steven Elsons, who I don't even really think wants to be in Kansas City anymore. Step eight, I'd sign Javorius Allen, uh, he could be our second or third uh, running back, and he could definitely compete with um, Damian Williams. They're similar players. Allen has a little bit more power to him. 
Damian Williams has a little bit more speed. So I think they'd be nice compliments. Um, so I'd sign him for two years around $5.3 million with the average salary of $2.6 million, which is similar to what Damian Williams just got for us as well. Um, and then given our the trades um, outlined that I mentioned previously, um, we pull off a mock draft. It's an ideal mock draft. you got Garrett Bradbury to play center. Nasir Adderley to play free safety next to Landon Collins, who will be the strong safety. O- O'Shane Simenez from Old Dominion. Uh, he'd play strong side defensive end. Uh, sorry about that. Ari's a little sick. <laughs> but uh, O'Shane Simenez to play strong side defensive end. Uh, and he could definitely you know, come into his own in Kansas City as a as a depth player and then possibly a starter later on. Amani Oriorie, that's how you pronounce it, not really sure. He's a cornerback from Penn State, long corner. Um, offers nice man coverage skills, good press player. I think he'd be a really nice fit for Spagnolo's system. That's the second round. Um, and then in the third round, we pick wide receiver Andy Isabella. You know, he ran a 4-3-1 at the Combine. And uh, I think he'd be a fantastic player in the slot for us. And somebody that somebody that uh, Mahomes could could really get used to having. We didn't have a great slot guy um, last year, full time slot guy last year to to pick up the tough yards on passing downs. Uh, in the fourth round, the pick from the Jets get tight end Jay Sternberger from Texas A and M. Uh, he could be a potential replacement for Travis Kelsey, um, you know, in, in four to five years. Um, but it also wouldn't hurt to have two great receiving tight ends and two tight end sets, uh, especially given that Mahomes loved throwing to Kelsey last year. And as I mentioned before, uh, Josiah Taoefa from UTSA, he's a linebacker. You know, pick him in the fifth round. Um... I think he'd be a good Sam linebacker. Uh, he's got the size to do it. He has the run-stopping ability to do it. And you know, if he doesn't work out great there, he could always slide into middle linebacker, Mike linebacker, and I think he'd be good there as well. Um, in the sixth round, we get Tristan Hill, defense tackle, and linebacker Gary Johnson. Uh, Hill's from UCF. Gary Johnson's from Texas. Tristan Hill is a similar in the mold of Derek Naughty, but he's definitely more athletic. Uh, it's kind of a, if you remember PJ Hall from, uh, that the Raiders drafted last year, he's a slim, similar player or, uh, Sheldon Rankins from New Orleans. You know, he could be in the sixth round. He'd be a great depth, depth piece for us along the defensive line. Gary Johnson, you know, he ran a four, four, three or something like that. Crazy at almost 230 pounds. Uh, and he would be a nice fit to compete for uh, the Will linebacker position with Dorian O'Daniel. Seventh round, cornerback Blaze Brown from Troy. Um, He had an absolutely egregious combine. It was so bad. I mean, the worst numbers possible that you could have imagined, he he put them up. So um, he slides down. The Chiefs actually met with him uh, at the Senior Bowl or the uh, one, one of the one of those bowl games, but uh, the Chiefs met with him, so there's some interest there. 
Uh, and I think they could take a late round flyer on him in the seventh round as well. Last step, step 10 to the perfect offseason for the Chiefs. Uh, you got to extend Tyree Kill and Chris Jones when all is said and done. Get that done before the season. And uh, we've mentioned them before um, on our Twitter account. That's at Arrowhead Live. If you haven't already followed us, go ahead and do that, please. It would be great. Thank you. Um, but uh, Chris Jones, six years, $114.6 million. That's $19.1 million a year. $71 million guaranteed. Numbers sound crazy. Um, that had put him just above Von Miller. Uh, but Fletcher Cox got $17.1 million. That was two years ago. So I think the market is trended up. The market's trended up for pass rushing defensive tackles, especially ones that, you know, get 15 sacks. Um, and then Tyree Kill, five years, 93.8 million, average salary of 18.76 million with 68 million guaranteed. That would make Tyree Kill the highest paid wide receiver in the league, and that is record breaking, as was mentioned on uh, NFL Network. So sorry for that long-winded. Uh, explanation there Ari Ori but um I thought I outline it for everybody listening just because if you're not able to read the article um it is does give you some things to think about um but anyway moving on combine risers and fallers Ari why don't you go ahead and start with the first winner on the list yeah and before I do that I apologize for if you could hear me coughing I'm really sick right now Trying to, so if you guys can hear that in the background, that's that's my bad. I apologize for that. Okay, so for the, for the first winner, uh, have, we have Noah Fan. So he's 6'4", 249, and he ran a 4'5", a 4'5", uh, official 40 time, which is about the same as, like, a decent running back's time, which is just insane for how big of a dude he is. Um, I think that if there there's been some back and forth between who was the better tight end was is with Hawkinson Fant, both coming out of Iowa. I got a chance to watch them both firsthand, being from going to the University of Iowa. And um, Iowa's always bigger on Fant. I think I talked about it in the last episode. I think that he has a higher ceiling. <clears throat> and I I think that he just proved that he's just a physical monster in the, during, this con- during the combine. And I think that uh, he's going to be a stud for whoever drafts him. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then, for me, um, Andre Dillard, the offensive tackle from Washington State, uh, he ran a sub five second forty, uh, showed great movement skills in the uh, agility drills, um, and then showed great movement skills in the shadow drill in the offensive line. Um, I think Dillard is the best um, pass blocking offensive tackle, and he shows nice nice grit in the run game as well. Um, Dillard is really just an all-around great player. You know, he blocked for Gardner Minshew at Washington State, um, who I believe led the NCAA in passing. Um, so I think he's really going to be in the league for a long time as a starting left tackle. Um, and you know, he was a maybe a late round, late first round uh, prospect, and I really think he moved his way into the top fifteen. Yeah, so um, the next winner I've got is uh, Justice Hill, the uh, running back. So he, he ran, for this 40, he ran a 4-4-6, four, four, uh, and uh, he's also his broad jump was a 
10 foot 10 inches yeah if you had a 40 inch vertical and these were all of them were first among running backs during the combine so he just blew everybody out of the water pretty much he was easily on paper and the best running back going you know with the results he got and i don't think that i mean i definitely have helped to draft stock i don't don't think anybody knew that he was going to come in here and just destroy everybody like he did so i think he definitely helped helped himself out there and i think he'll i think i don't know if he'll end up being the best running back in the draft but he definitely uh showed off his talent here in the the combine yeah he he weighed in a little light um but i believe he was 510 or 511 which isn't bad and he can maybe add some mass but yeah you're right man he showed great quickness great speed so uh and i love his film as well he suffered through some injuries in 2018 but his film is awesome um and then moving on my next winner is uh drew lock the quarterback from missouri um it was really a competition between him and daniel jones uh for the third quarterback um third ranked quarterback in the draft um and lock just outperformed jones in every facet of the combine uh, not only did he outperform Jones in the combine, he outperformed in the senior bowl as well. Um, so I think Jones drops to the fourth quarterback. We'll discuss him in the losers uh, column. Um, but yeah, that's it. Really it for Lock. Oh, and he, I mean, he showed great accuracy. Um, he does have a little bit of a sidearm delivery similar to Phillip Rivers, which is gross. But I guess it works for him, so... Okay, so then moving on to uh, Garrett Bradbury is a guy that I know you messaged me about him earlier in the week, and we we're talking about how crazy he was at his times where he ran a mm-hmm. four nine two forty as an offensive lineman, which is the best of the of the combine, and uh, he showed uh, good footwork in his drills. He had great balance and really good body control. Uh, he just looked re- like he looked really good. I think that. If I was to make a prediction, I think he'd be a pro bowler at some point in his career, maybe early on. I think that he's going to be a stud. Yeah, I definitely agree. And as I mentioned uh, in the in the article, um, Bradbury is one of the two first-round picks if we happen to pull off a trade with the Colts, acquiring an additional first-round pick from them. Uh, moving on, uh, the next winner from the combine is quarterback Tyree Jackson from Buffalo. Uh, he's six seven, two hundred and fifty something pounds. I don't know. The guy's huge. Uh, he ran a sub four six forty, which is pretty uncommon for quarterbacks, and especially for guys that are six seven, two hundred and fifty pounds. Um, he was quick. Um, you know, his throwing drills were okay, um, but watching him in the Senior Bowl, he was absolutely terrible. Um, I mean, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. He actually reminds me of Josh Allen um, last year, and I'm actually pretty surprised. I mean, if you look at them, look at their numbers. I mean, Tyree Jackson and Josh Allen, they're very similar players pretty much in every way. Um, I, I just don't know why Josh Allen was ranked so much higher last year. Uh, and Tyree Jackson is now, uh, but I think he really helped himself probably from being a day three pick to a day two pick, late day two pick, and then 
you know, if he shows out at his pro day and he shows uh, improved, uh, improved throwing mechanics and uh, accuracy, he could even work his way into early early day two or man maybe even pass up Daniel Jones as the cornerback or the the fourth best quarterback on the board uh, and maybe even get picked by the Patriots at 32 which would be hilarious but <laughs> <laughs> yes so then <clears throat> my next winner sorry my next winner is uh, Montez Sweat uh, out of uh, Mississippi State so he's six foot six 260 pounds a pass rusher and he, clock, he was clocked at a 441 uh second 40 yard dash which is a modern combine record for a defensive lineman he was also displaying really good movement in his skills and drills uh i was reading this article i said he, he moves like a wide receiver through through the bags uh, he has really good lateral quickness train of direction uh uh he just he just he's just a stud like he the he blew you know, ever all the D linemen out of the water and, and the combine definitely mm-hmm. was one of the biggest standouts. Yeah, and I mean, I, that's an obvious one. Montez Sweat, you know, just a freak of nature. I don't think, I mean, everybody knew he was pretty good, but I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, my next winner is Isaiah Johnson, the cornerback from the University of Houston. Um, you know, he was a late day th- two early day three pick coming into the combine and the cornerbacks really really disappointed me I mean they were just all over the place you know Greedy Williams was my number one coming in he was great in his tests testing he had great size and then he went into the drills and he looked like he's never played the position before in his life he had terrible footwork terrible balance Um, he was screwing up the drills and then he uh, messed up a drill three times in a row. He hung his head, and then all of a sudden he had an injury, and he was done for the day. Uh, so that's just—I mean—that's just one example. That was how it was all the way down the board for the cornerbacks. Uh, they were either—they either came in small, or they tested poorly, or they were poor in drills, or a combination of all three. Uh, so Isaiah Johnson—he performed well all around. Uh, so he's a, he's a good riser for me. He could sneak his way into the end of the first round uh, or early day two. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that the next – okay, so the last one I have here is uh, Chase Winovich. I think yeah. is that how you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah Winovich. Okay, Winovich. And, okay, so he, he had really good speed uh, running a 4 or 5 knot. Uh, 45 9 40 time which was top four for his position uh, the shuttle was 4.11 which is pretty decent three green th- uh, three cone drill was six nine nine and uh, <clears throat> he was top 10 pretty much all of the, the all of the from position wise uh, so I think that uh, he's gonna make a team a, pr- a really good you know he's gonna be a really good asset to him I think that that he's gonna be someone that'll give you a lot of effort he's not going to just he's going to actually care and you know not just kind of he's not going to be he's not going to be a lazy guy at all i think that uh with it combined with his speed and you know his motor he'll move up in the draft yeah winovich winovich definitely made himself some money he was way more athletic than he looked like he was on film um way faster you know maybe that was just you know facing good competition 
who knows? But uh, or maybe he's just been working his butt off all off season. Uh, so I think he earned himself some nice money as well. And then my last winner is uh, the defensive tackle Tristan Hill that I mentioned in the uh, mock draft. Um, you know, I, I still think I still think he's you know a late a mid day three pick, um, pretty much due to his size. Um, I think he weighed in at like six one, uh, maybe three hundred pounds, something like that. But you know he wasn't huge. Uh, but he did test really well. He had twenty eight reps on the bench, five oh four forty yard dash, and he jumped thirty five inches in the vert, which is crazy for a defensive tackle. Um, and like I said, he kind of reminds me of Sheldon Rankins from uh, New Orleans that came out of Louisville uh, several years ago, or uh, maybe Puna Ford, who was an uh, undrafted defensive tackle from Texas that plays for Seattle now. Very similar players, and you know he's just a, he's just a really athletic big guy, and uh, I think he earned his, I think he silenced some doubters that were talking about his size prior to the combine. So let's move on to the combine losers. Why don't you take the first one, Ori? Yeah, well, so we'll start off with um, a cornerback, which you said you know you weren't impressed by them at all. We're gonna go with we're gonna start off with, actually with Greedy Williams, and we're gonna. So as far as he had some good qualities about him, his speed and his length were, were great. Um, his forty was four three seven, which was the second out of all the cornerbacks in the combine. But he was not impressive in his in the drills. He his back his pedal react was not good. He had to restart it multiple times. And then he had went on to the next drill. He had to restart that multiple times. Said he, then he just kind of was like, ah, I'm done. I'm, I'm cramping up. So it doesn't really seem like he wants to hit either. I, I know I was, I was, I was, you know, kind of watching, watching the videos and so like, he seems kind of like, um, kind of like a Marcus Peters almost. I think that uh, he is going to be a, he's going to be a playmaker. I think he he can you know he can cover, but I don't think he's going to want to come down and make tackles very often. So I think that that is people are starting to notice that, and um, I think that'll that'll make him drop a little bit. Yeah, I I agree, and um, you know Greedy he was pretty streaky on film. Um, he was very off and on. He's a very aggressive player um, in coverage, at least. He hates to tackle, like you said, but. Um, yeah, so, um, moving on, uh, to Ja'Kai Polite, I mean, as soon as he stepped into Indianapolis, he lost the combine, um, you know, he, he ran a 4.84.40, which isn't, I mean, it's not good, but, you know, it could be worse, um, but really that's not where he, and then he, you know, he gave up, he forgot to fake an injury, uh, and then claimed he had an injury, and, uh, and, and went home, but he really lost his, in, in the press conferences, I, I just so bizarre, man. I don't, I don't even, I don't understand. You know, he said, literally went on to the podium and said that teams were mean to him. Like, like he's a, like he's a 10 year old. Like seriously, he said teams were mean to him, but the Rams were cool. And Sean McVay was young and cool. Like his uncle, like who says that? That's uh, it was such a, that's so weird. I, I remember I was when I read that I because I didn't see that the interview, but then I saw someone talking about it on Twitter. I was like, "What is this?" So I looked it up. Literally, like, who 
who goes on and says that when you're auditioning for a team that or a they, job they of any sort I, I i don't want to be on their team the rams were nice though yeah it was like, just what, like what does that even mean it was very strange and uh he said i think he's explicitly stated that the 49ers all the 49ers did was tear apart his film well that's what they're supposed to do that's their job you know so yeah. they just tore apart his film and they're testing to see if how you react to those type of things they want to see if uh you're coachable they want to see if you can take constructive criticism and i don't know if apparently jakai polite's agent didn't do a very good job so uh <laughs> why don't you take the next combine loser okay so the next one i have is uh, daniel jones i think you kind of talked about it earlier with Locke. you said Locke was moved, yeah yeah, yeah. Up. so essentially what i got on daniel jones is just that mm-hmm. is that he lost his spot as probably the third quarterback in the in the draft so i think that he didn't have terrible numbers by any means but i don't think that i think as far as you know if he came out better or worse than when he went into the draft you have to say he was a loser yeah and I, I think the I think his pro day will be important for him. I don't think he can regain uh, the QB three spot in the draft, but uh, he can at least get close. Maybe he can sneak into the back end and uh, sneak into the back end of the first round. Maybe, like I said, Patriots could be looking for a replacement in the near future, and wouldn't hurt to do it at thirty two. Um, and then the next guy was Mike Bell the safety from Fresno State. Um, he's a big, strong safety. Um, you know, he displayed okay coverage skills on film, but he ran an absolutely, I mean, he was just all around bad in at the combine. Um, he's a really, really good tackle, really physical player. Um, he did look like he lacked explosiveness, but I didn't know he lacked this much explosiveness. I think he ran a 4.7 or a 4.8. And then he was also in the bottom, uh, ranked in the bottom of all of the agility drills as well. I don't think he jumped very well either. Um, but yeah, Mike Bell, not sure. I mean, he wasn't really ranked high highly. He was maybe a mid-day three pick, but now he's, you know, seventh round a priority free agent at this point. Yeah. Alright, so next uh, I'm going to go with Holyfield. Uh, so his his forward time was really slow. It was the slowest running, one of the slowest running, second slowest running back of the combine. Mm-hmm. And a 4.76. Um, he's, to, to be that slow, you'd imagine you'd want them to probably be a, a, a little bigger and a little, you know, more of like a bruising running back to be to for that time to be acceptable i i think that me and you talked about it a little bit a little while ago and you said that he might fit into someone's you know zone scheme for mm-hmm. like a, for blocking but um yeah the the the, the, the speed was terrible uh, and it's just i don't think anybody he's had problems too he's been you know he's had a lot he's gotten into trouble and, you, and it's kind of his, his dad kind of gives puts a little expectations on him too you're like Oh, he's you know Evander Holfield's son. He, he, he's gonna be he's gonna be a stud. But I mean, and he's he's a good athlete. It's just that the way his combine played out did not help him. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, like you said, I think people had high expectations for him because of his lineage, but um, you know, he, I don't think he came in as a a speed player. Everybody knew he was a, a power first guy, but I don't think anybody knew it was this bad. Uh, the next guy for me is uh, Draymond Jones, the defensive lineman from Ohio State. He didn't have a terrible combine, um, but it wasn't great either. Um, he ran a five-one-two forty-yard dash, and he weighed in at the in the two eighties. Um, so that's not exactly an ideal. He ran a seven-seven-one in the three-cone drill. So for a guy that was potentially a uh, you know a defensive end, defensive tackle hybrid type guy, those are not good numbers. Um, some of the worst in the combine and he just really overall he lacked explosiveness yeah and then moving on to um, Devin Singletary uh, <clears throat> so pe- people kind of going into the combine people have been comparing him to like a LaShawn McCoy type running back um, that didn't really pan out well as far as the way he looked in the combine he was he ran a four six six forty, which is not terrible, but also, and not not really that McCoy has also just been like a blazing speed guy. He's been like really shifty, but um, then Singletary went on to do the three and cone drill, which was he ran like a seven three seven three two, which was disappointing as you know he's kind of labeled a shifty back type type character. So didn't really increase his draft draft stock too much with the way he did things here. Yeah, and I think coming in coming into the combine, he was in the discussion for like second or third best running back, and they said it over and over again on TV. He's quicker than fast. He's quicker than fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a guy that is small like he is, you know, he's got to have a little bit of speed, and in the low four sixes, that's not great for a guy like him. Uh, my next loser is. Uh, offensive lineman Greg Little. Um, a lot of people might not know, he was actually Kyler Murray's left tackle here at Allen, Texas. And um, whenever I w- watched him in three state title games, uh, um, he was, you know, he looked like the next great offensive tackle. Uh, and he really just overall just didn't look very athletic uh, at the combine. He showed okay movement skills in the offensive lineman drills. Uh, not great. He probably needs to uh, work on his footwork a little bit. Um, but for now, I don't I don't know that he is going to be a left tackle. Um, at least not for a guy <laughs> at least not for a guy that's right handed. Uh, he's I don't think he'll be blocking anybody's blind side. Uh, but you know he could he could play right tackle or if he improves his feet and uh, movement skills a little bit, he could could work his way back into left tackle. I agree. Um, so then the last one I got here is um, Isaiah Bugs. So for as far as percentile wise, his arm length was in was in like the third percentile for 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 DBs. The wingspan was a seventy five point five, which is in the zero percentile. He was below average in the 40, and his athletic tests weren't great. He was ranked, he ranked in the 5th to 12th percentile, and he's had a bad performance with, for 
and he's also had a lot of concerns with effort and uh, to to be not you know in the top percentile on all this stuff and ha- be having concerns of effort is never a good thing. You know, if a guy's smaller but you know he has a big heart and he's gonna he's willing to go out there and give it his all, then you you kind of look past those things sometimes. But when you when you don't have that, then you just kind of you know you hurt your stock for sure. Yeah, and I agree on that, and I think did, I think you said DB. He's actually a defensive lineman. I know you know that. I think you just misspoke. Sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm just sorry. just for the listeners' clarification, he's a defensive lineman. Um, and then moving on to our last and final loser, possibly the number one loser of the combine overall, right there with Jakai Polite is uh, wide receiver Lil Jordan Humphrey from the University of Texas. Uh, you know, he came in as a day two pick, most likely, uh, left Texas early, um, as the other half of a tandem that featured Colin Johnson, uh, and they had both had fantastic years. Uh, he came in six, four, uh, two twenties, I believe. Uh, and then he just absolutely bombed the 40 yard dash. Um, he ran a four, seven, five which is horrible for wide receivers. I think Anquan Bolden is notoriously, you know, they say, you know, speed doesn't matter, and they use Anquan Bolden as an example because I think he ran a 4.71 and, you know, made a career for himself. But little Jordan Humphrey was even slower, and he's not as good of a route runner as Anquan Bolden was. He's more of a jump ball guy, um, but he needs to work on his route running and, I don't know what was up with the speed, if he was injured or anything like that, but it was just not good. Um, and then his, I mean, his agility drills were okay. Uh, he had a seven zero nine three cone drill, which is nice, and a a four two nine shuttle, which is, which isn't too bad as well. But, um, and then his strength as well. He had thirteen bench reps, which isn't great for a guy that's you know six four two twenty either. Um, so he he's got some some work to do before his combine if he if he wants to you know regain some of that stock. So that's it for the winners and losers of the combine. Uh, and then moving on really quickly, just to some uh, Chiefs free agency updates. Uh, are you going to take the lead on that one real quick? For free agency updates. Yeah, just just some guys that we mentioned that the Chiefs. Uh, reports of them being interested in uh, just just a quick recap because obviously we've already discussed a lot of them so um, yeah so uh, for just just really quickly obviously Collins is a big is the biggest name going around right now um, it'd be awesome to be able to get him um, that other one is you know we talked about Weddle mm-hmm. um, the the craze going around Twitter right now is over the Le'Veon Bell deal going on. You know, I talked about him being a dark horse. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, it would be crazy if we got him, but I think crazier things have happened. I think that Veach has, you know, showed that he's going to go if he wants a guy, he's going to go out and get him. Uh, so we'll, you know, we'll, I guess we'll have to f- figure out, find out what his plan is for that. I think that if you, if you go Bell, then I, I don't know. I think a lot of people are going to be mad about it. But then. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people talking about how they're like, it makes absolutely no sense for us to get Bell. 
so so I'm in. You know, like you know, everybody. It would be insane to have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Le'Veon Bell all in one offense. But then you're also, you know, kind of ignoring defensive problems. Um, I think that another one interesting prospect is uh, we didn't talk about yet is Jamie Collins. Yeah. I think that he would be uh, a good pickup. I think that. Let's see who else. Who else do I want to talk about? Uh, I got Jamie. Then we got oh, uh, Dominique Rogers, Camardi. He yeah, was, he just came out. Yeah, he was just reinstated today. Uh, you know, he was with the Raiders, um, and then he retired, and now he wants to come back. He uh, in 2016 when he was with Spagnolo, and obviously uh, Landon Collins was, you know, out there dominating. Uh, Dominique Rogers Camardi had his first elite graded season per PFF um, with like a 90.2, I believe. He was one of the top, if not the top corner that season in the NFL. And, you know, that's only, that was only two years ago. So uh, at age 32 now, you know, maybe he has something left in the tank. Maybe he could be our, you know, fourth, third or fourth cornerback. Uh, but, you know, it just remains to be seen if there's any uh, interest there. And then another one is Robert Quinn, uh, the uh, defensive end from Miami. He had six and a half sacks last year after being traded um, to Miami from the Rams. And when Spagnuolo was the head coach of the Rams, he actually drafted um, Quinn uh, in the first round, I believe pick 14, something like that, um, in 2011. So obviously there's a connection there as well. So just remains to be seen. Lots of connections, tons of connections with our new defensive coach and staff this year. I think that kind of sticking with what you were just talking about, Miami, uh, Cameron Wake is also uh, one that just came out that they're not going to, they don't plan on picking him up. So I think that it's like he's going to become a free agent. So I think that that one might be a decent option as well. Yeah, and then uh, Trey Flowers is another one. Uh, just yep. real quick, we already talked about him, but obviously with the connection to Brendan Daly. So. Um, and then just really, really quick, um, around the NFL, um, obviously Antonio Brown, you know, really, really talking, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, mean, he's always talking. I mean, I think it's somewhat justified. I mean, big Ben, he's always been kind of a misguided leader. Um, but, uh, I know Antonio Brown, he just, I understand him wanting to get out of Pittsburgh. He needs to get out of Pittsburgh. And uh, there's talk of him going to the Raiders, which would be very interesting, <laughs> given that you know Derek Carr has the lowest intended air yards per pass attempt. So, yeah. Um, and I, then, I think that the Antonio Brown is interesting with, with all the things he's talking about. You know, kind of shedding light on a lot of things that a lot of people thought about the big. Hey, sorry, Ari's breaking up a little bit. Um, are you there? Yeah, now I'm back. I oh. got to disconnect for a second there. You're good. That's all right. Go but ahead. Yeah, anyway, I was saying I think that, I think, you know, Brown's shedding some light on some things that a lot of people thought about Ben as a leader, and now it's actually coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously Antonio Brown's 31 years old. I think he wants to have an opportunity at a ring. Um not sure Oakland's the place to do that, but, you know, it remains to be seen. Um, and then really quick, the last one, um, 
There's talks of Odell Beckham, some talk of him going to the Browns, you know, team up with his former LSU teammate Jarvis Landry there, uh, join Baker Mayfield. That would be a really, really interesting uh, combination. You know, I think, you know, the the Browns, what they, they win seven games last year. Is that correct? I think it was seven, yeah. Yeah, seven and nine. So, you know, they yeah, get Odell. Tight. Yeah, oh yeah, seven, seven, eight, and one is what it was. Yeah. So, uh, with the Steelers. So, um, you know, they get Odell Beckham Jr. You know, they've got Kareem Hunt now, unfortunately. Um, and Nick Chubb, they could have a really, really nice offense. Uh, even though we're not really sure what what direction that team is going to go now with a new coaching staff. So, is there anything else before we close up, Ori? No, I, don't, I think we covered most of it. All right. And uh, just really quick... Um, if you guys don't know, we are doing a Patrick Mahomes, uh, 2018 Donruss, uh, um, trading card giveaway, uh, mint condition. So, um, if you guys have Twitter, go ahead and hop on Twitter, uh, give us a follow at Arrowhead live and, uh, retweet the tweet that is pinned to the top of our profile. Um, and you'll be automatically entered to win. So that's about it. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, see you guys next week. Thank you. Yep. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.